of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. This is a show that we do every two weeks right here on YouTube and also heard on many audio platforms. We do this Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm Ken Michaels, one of four of the regular co-hosts of the show. I hope that you're uh, familiar with my radio program on the Beatles, a syndicated radio show called Every Little Thing. Also, I uh, co-host another Beatles talk show podcast, also bi-weekly, called Things We Said Today. And I have an all-Beatles uh, YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, and a website, too, KenMichaelsRadio.com. And I'm being joined by my three regulars tonight. First of all, she is the queen, Little Queenie, as she's sometimes <laughs> called. I'm going to have the giggles tonight. Uh <laughs> of uh beatles social media she's known for several books that she's written uh including songs who were singing guided tours to the beatles lesser known tracks and also a michael jackson faq all that's left to know about the king of pop also fandom and the beatles which she co-wrote with our colleague ken womack and she's also known for being a co-host on another uh beatles podcast toppermost of the poppermost you also know her for doing a lot of seminars here live on on youtube as well including uh currently the the history of british rock and roll and that is our very own kid o'toole hi kit hello hello everybody and ho 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 <laughs> is, that, is that mrs claus though yes yeah mrs <laughs> claus that's right that's right hi everybody and uh, welcome Hello. to our last show of 2023 can't believe it ah wow year went by pretty fast sure did we also have with us, of course, Tom Hunyadi, who's one half of the uh, team with Annie Nichols of The Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, podcast, and uh, always keeping busy with that show and keeping busy with this show, of course. Tom, yeah. welcome aboard. Ken, it's good to see you. Joe, Queen, everybody out there. It's the holiday season. It's uh so, great. I love it. It's, it's, yeah, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> <laughs> whoop-de-doo. Yeah, I always say whoop-de-doo. But they are right. <laughs> whoop-de-doo. <laughs> and you know, but you know what I like about it, though, quick, quick, quick. This time of year, people, you know, they rush and everything. But it's not like it usually is. I mean, they bump into it, you know, they laugh, they say, excuse me, you know. It's not like they usually do the rest of the year at this time. You know, everybody's, everybody's Christmas. Yeah. I always put lots of tinsel on the Christmas tree and go, Happy New Year. Yeah, sure. 
Anyway, Joe Mayo is with us. You know him for his Mean Mr. Mayo channel with lots of Beatle content on there. And um, talking about all things in the in the media. Viewing movies as well. Joe, yeah. hello, hello. Hello, Ken. Hello, kid. Hello, Tom. Let's go, go, go. Hello, hello. On the show tonight, <laughs> we've got a lot of things in store. First of all, we're acknowledging the 50th anniversary hey. of the Wings Classic. Paul McCartney and Wings classic, Band on the Run. And uh, we're not going to go too heavy talking about the album uh, tonight, mainly because we're aware of a 50th anniversary edition coming out in February, which um, has an underdub mix to go along with the remastered album. And so when February comes, along with all the big Beatles celebrations of the 60th anniversary, of their arrival in America. Sometime in February, we'll be tackling Band on the Run more in depth, more with a historical nature, as well as sharing our thoughts about the album. But we're going to be talking about Band on the Run, talking about everything going on in Beatle News, and something that's been a big part of uh, my shows for over 40 years. I always like when the last show of the year, we talk about our highlights of the past year, and also, um, we uh, present our own wish list for what we'd like to see in 2024. Sometimes the wish list is much longer than <laughs> going through what happened this uh, particular year. But um, depending upon each of us, I only said, you know, come up with your top five. But if you have honorable mentions, which I'm sure many of us will, we will get to those as well. So it's a great way to end off the year and, and uh, you know, celebrate all the good things that happened and will continue to happen, we hope, in 2024. But we do have quite a lot of Beatle news to get to. And of course, the biggest news story uh, of the past two weeks, we have to acknowledge, of course, <clears throat> the sad news of the passing of Denny Lane. Now, to Beatle fans and Paul McCartney fans, he'll best be known for his many years in Wings. In fact, other than Paul and Linda, he was the only member of the group who was there from start to finish and then went on to participate in the um, Tug of War uh, Pipes of Peace sessions. Before that, he was in a couple of bands where he had contact with the Beatles. First with a band called Denny Lane and the Diplomats. They shared a bill uh, with the Beatles in July 5th of 1963. And with the Moody Blues, um, they played uh, with the Beatles with many of the top bands of the moment at something called Pop Prom at the Royal Albert Hall, September 15th of 1963. This is with bands like the Rolling Stones, Herman's Hermits, Wayne Fontana and the Mindbenders and others. And... Speaking of a star-studded cast, there was the Moody Blues and the Beatles being a part of the NME annual poll winners for 1964 and 65 at the Empire Pool in Wembley, along with the Rolling Stones, the Animals, and the Kinks, and others. The Moody Blues also were part of the Beatles' UK tour in December of 1963, from the 3rd through the 12th. Most of those dates performing two shows each day. And also, it should be pointed right. out that for a brief time, Brian Epstein managed the Moody Blues as well. Okay. And he died on December the 5th from interstitial lung disease. 
ironically, um, Denny died on the 50th anniversary of the release of Band on the Run, at least the U.S. Wow. release date, which is December the 5th. It was November 30th in the U.K. Um, we did a tribute on my other podcast show to Denny um, on things we said today, and I read a few quotes from various people sharing um, their thoughts on on, on the passing. <clears throat> of course, I have to read Paul McCartney's quote. He said, I am very sad to hear that my ex-bandmate, Denny Lane, has died. I have many fond memories of my time with Denny from the early days when the Beatles toured with the Moody Blues. Our two bands had a lot of respect for each other and a lot of fun together. Denny joined Wings at the outset. He was an outstanding vocalist and guitar player. His most famous performance is probably Go Now, an old Bessie Banks song, which he would sing brilliantly. He and I wrote some songs together, the most successful being Mulligan Tire, which was a big hit in the 70s. We had drifted apart, but in recent years managed to reestablish our friendship and share memories of our times together. Denny was a great talent with a fine sense of humor and was always ready to help other people. He will be missed by all his fans and remembered with great fondness by his, uh, his friends. I send my condolences mm -hmm. and best wishes to his wife, Elizabeth, and family. Peace and love, Denny. It was a pleasure to know you. We are all going to miss you. Love, Paul. You know, that's another sad thing. He just got married to this woman, Elizabeth. I think it was only, it's only like five months they were married. Yeah, July. I think I saw that. I didn't July. realize that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Axel Rose said, very sorry to hear of the passing of Denny Lane. Wings has always, on the daily, been a big part of my life. Certain people you might never think, you know, people who are part of the hard rock field, um, so many of them love the Beatles, and you might not be aware of it. Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees remembered Lane by saying, a friend, a wonderful person, and a great musician. You and your music will be sorely missed. Stephen Bishop paid tribute to Denny. He said, incredible talent. Denny's musical style and songwriting influenced so many. His contributions to the Moody Blues and Paul McCartney's Ben Wings will forever be iconic. And a few members of Wings weighed in. Lawrence Juber. Denny was Paul's right-hand man. When I was a session musician in London, Denny recruited me to replace Jimmy McCulloch as Wings lead guitarist in 1978. He was a compelling songwriter and performer, a rock authentic, having a deep soulfulness infused with a folk sensibility. Denny Sywell said, heartbroken with sadness at the passing of my pal and bandmate, Denny Lane. My heart goes to his wife, Elizabeth, and his children. He was a one of a kind for sure. God blessed him with a spirit for music and making people happy. My wife, Monique, and I will miss him terribly. From the time we spent together at our farm in Scotland to our Wings tour bus to the stage, he has taken a big part of our hearts with him. Rest in peace, my dear friend couple more people here. Nancy Wilson of Heart. A sad day to lose the great Denny Lane. We recently played Carnegie Hall for the music of Paul McCartney benefit. My admiration for Denny goes back to his work in the Moody Blues and, of course, Paul McCartney's Wings. And he co-wrote one of my all-time favorite global hit songs, Mull of Kintyre. I'll forever cherish the thrill of singing and playing with him on my birthday. The best gift of all. And finally... <clears throat> There's Bev Bevan, who was the drummer 
in Danny Lane and the Diplomats and later became the drummer in ELO. He said, I am so sorry to hear that my old friend Danny Lane has passed away. He was such a talented singer, guitarist, and songwriter. He had been in hospital for a long time when we were in touch with his wife, Elizabeth. We thought he would pull through, but sadly not to be. Denny and I met in 1963 when he asked me to form a group together, which went on to be called Denny Lane and the Diplomats, and later that year we opened for the Beatles at the Old Hill Plaza. He was the most positive person I'd ever met. He was totally sure that he would make it big in the music business and told me that I would too. The world of music has lost a great talent. Rest in peace, Denny. Bev. Really nice things being said about Denny Lane there. And so I thought we'd all just, um, you know, spend just a few minutes each talking about what Danny Lane has meant to you, to each of you, and I'll share my thoughts as well. First, we'll, uh, we'll have Kit say a few words. Sure. I mean, boy, those are just uh, those incredible um, thoughts that uh, people shared. And I think it just shows, um, you know, I, I mean, think about when Paul um of course you know the Beatles broke up Paul was on his own and and um you know recorded I mean with with Linda of course as mm -hmm. as a collaborator but you know I think when he teamed up with Denny um you know he really found uh you know sort of a a soulmate in a way in in terms of of a collaborator I mean think about what they worked on together. I mean, you know, Mulvkin tires, you know, like so many people have been citing, and that certainly was one of the great things they worked on together. And think about what we're going to be talking about in just a little while, uh, Band on the Run. I mean, you know, with with them, the just the three of, of them and, and going off to Africa and recording that album um, after, you know, the two other band members left, uh, for whatever reason at, uh, you know, kind of the last minute. And would he have been able to pull that album off without Denny? Who knows? I mean, it's it's really because Denny was so willing to uh, clearly, you know, to work with him and, and to develop these ideas. And of course, on that album, uh, No Words was mm -hmm. on, on there, his first um, co-writing credit. Um, you know, I think his harmonies were such a huge part of Wings as well. I mean, you could really hear in addition to Linda's voice, obviously. I mean, Denny's you could hear so well uh, in that. Mm -hmm. I, I just think he he really was such a a crucial member of that group and and such a uh, you know a, a crucial ingredient of the Wings sound and. You know, I I just think I don't know if if wings would be, would have been wings mm -hmm. without Denny Lane. I mean, I I just can't imagine it. You know, and <laughs> so while Paul was obviously the major force behind it, mm -hmm. I I think you know Denny was that that motivator, that that collaborator that he needed to you know really establish that solo career that that he so desired so it's it's a you know it's a sad loss and um you know i and, and as so many have said uh in in those uh, wonderful quotes you mentioned uh you know great talent 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the harmonies because that's one thing that I always bring up when it comes to, and we say this a lot about Linda, where Linda doesn't get the credit mm -hmm. right. these of, of Wings Records and some of the post-Wings Records from Paul. And uh, Denny Lane was a, such an important part of that three-part harmony there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you really notice it. You know, it's a signature sound that they had together, mm -hmm. the three of them with the harmonies. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, Tom, how about you? Well, you know, he's a quintessential number two who damn near, near became an equal to Paul come London town uh, era. Um, you know, he's somebody that you could, you know, if you want to play piano like Paul did, he can come in, you know, if you want to play bass or guitar. Uh, he's so talented of a musician and obviously, a, you know, a singer. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, him staying with the band, right? Him staying throughout the whole 10 years. Uh, we talk about how he was, it was just more than a, you know, a number two or a sidekick. I mean, he helped bring band members into into the band, like like Lauren said, in 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 his, you know, in his um in his nice comments there. So you know, it just wasn't you know a side gig for Denny. I mean, this was part of his life, right? And he was he was uh, rewarded, right? I mean, look, I mean, look at all those co-writes that he got, especially in the 77, 78, you know, seventy nine era of Wings. You know, being rewarded for. Uh, you know, Mullick and Tyre getting, uh, you know, all these lead vocals. I mean, look, so when you're in Paul McCartney, you don't have to share a lead vocals assignment with anybody, right. you know, but then, but then here he is, you know, helping, you know, bringing, uh, you know, Denny more in more as a songwriter, bringing that talent out of him, bringing out his vocals, whether they're backing vocals, harmonies, or, or being a lead singer. So for that, I mean, you got to really appreciate what Paul was able to, to do with look i mean denny was in his managers living in his manager's office was he not i mean i mean it was paul for the most part was giving him a lifeline right. you know and he took and i think he he spent that time you know you know i don't want to say wisely but i mean no look I mean, he spent that time growing as an artist and when you have someone like a mccartney who can bring that out to you you know it's there you you see it on the record, or you hear it on the records, you see it when you watch rock show, you see how talented he is and the presence he has on the stage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're just a casual McCartney fan and you're thinking, oh, Wings is just McCartney, whatever, when you really go back and you study and you listen to those albums, you learn that Denny had more to it than just a backing vocalist. He mm -hmm. was a wonderful musician and, um, you know, unfortunately, he didn't come out to the West Coast when I was out there, so I never got a chance to see him live. Wish I had to. You know, he did come out during that Rubber Soul Revolver kind of tribute uh, yeah. band. You know, unfortunately, I was out of town that, that weekend. <laughs> he was in Arizona, so I wasn't able to see him live. But um, a great talent. And, um, you know, and, and I was super happy that McCartney um, – uh, gave him a shout out there in Brazil. And uh, one of the last uh, shows, he uh, mentioned him um, right before he played Jet. So that was a nice little tribute uh, from Paul. So, uh, yeah, great talent. And um, and also I'm glad that they were able to, you know, rekindle uh, a, some, a sort of relationship after a bit of nastiness there in, in you know, in the, in, in the 80s. 
um, you know, kind of a little bit of a war of words that, you know, you do whenever you're in a close knit relationship with somebody, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, but that's it. Great, great, uh, great talent. Very well said there, Tom, uh, you know, there's so many things you could say about, and, and it's very easy for, for me and us to go off on a tangent, you know, and right. talk about wings as a band and what Paul did to try to establish wings as a band. But the mere fact that Denny Lane, as I always bring up, Wings Over America Tour, he sang lead or shared lead yeah. on five songs. Yeah. You know, as much as I love the band he's had for the last 20 years or so, I think they're, you know, fine musicians. Paul doesn't let any of them sing any songs yeah. any, any, right. any at all. And he let Denny do that. And in the early years of Wings, he would let Denny sing Go Now and I Would Only mm -hmm. Smile. He always tried to bring out Denny or other members like Henry and Jimmy McCulloch. But um, yeah, it just goes to show how much Paul really tried to make Wings, establish Wings as a band. And, uh, you know, Denny contributed so much. And um, I'm very glad that Lawrence said what he did there in that quote, because yeah, it reminded yeah. me that Denny recruited members of Wings, too. Not only mm -hmm. Lawrence, but I know Steve Holly got in, into the band because of because of Denny as well. Um, yeah, Joe, what are your thoughts about Denny? Well, I can't say much else than all of you have just said uh, because I echo all those sentiments. I'm glad that I got a chance to meet him at the Fest for Beatles fans. One thing I'll add there, but you know. When I was growing up and I was really starting to get into the Beatles and the solo Beatles, the Wings era really was when I was really starting out, you know, uh, well, late, the mid to late Wings era, 76, not the early, early ones, mm -hmm. 76 and London Town and, you know, Speed of Sound and all that. And uh, Yeah, I've always thought of it, like, those three of them, uh, uh, Paul, Denny and Linda, like the nucleus, <laughs> if you will. Uh, right, that's a good word. I just popped it popped in my head, and you know the album covers sometimes reflected that, like the London Town cover and uh, the picture on the on the back of Band on the Run. You Denny's there as well, and um, I, I I could tell that there was a special uh, unity between Paul and Denny. Uh, Mull of Kintyre, of course. I love that the part when Denny's comes in. You know, hears Denny's voice on it as well joining him and I that one of the videos I like there's a few videos of that but the one that, that the most popular one when Linda comes out of the house and Denny mm. and Paul are together you know doing the guitars and stuff so mm. yeah I've always appreciated them I thought they had a good blend of sound there and Linda's harmonies which you, which you, you mentioned it's a good, it's good uh, sound that became the like the integral way you hear wings that's when you know it's a wings unique sound and, um, you know, I liked a bunch of his songs. I think when, when I do watch Rock Show, which I don't watch as often maybe as I should, but I always look forward to the Go Now part is, is one of my highlights for me. And that's not even Paul, you know, you know right? Unless he's singing, you know, Lyndon Paul is getting into it. And Paul always loved that song. So, but, but it's, it's really Denny and Time to Hide also from there. Yeah. Always is something that I uh, always like watching. It's funny because... Like I say, you know, usually it's you know, I want to see Paul most, but I do like the highlights with Denny in there, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a sad thing, especially you know he suffered for a while and he had a, a tribute, a benefit, if you will, I should say, a benefit mm -hmm. trying 
And it was like, how many, how much before? There's only a few weeks. Was it a couple of weeks? I think so. Or, or a no, week? It was, yeah, about a week, actually. A week. Yeah. It was a week. Yeah, maybe. And, um, you know, to try to help out, but it's sad that it didn't mm. uh, didn't work out for him, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, mm. well, you know, growing up uh, as I did in the 70s, and I, I certainly followed the Beatles as a little kid in the 60s, but the 70s really had an impact on me following all the solo Beatles music and uh, loving all the Wings albums and really getting to know Wings as a band. And I always say, Wings Over America show at Madison Square Gardens, my favorite concert of all time. And one of the big highlights was not just the fact that Wings at the Speed of Sound was the number one album in the country and the Silly Love Songs was number one. And, and, when, and when the band did Silly Love Songs, the crowd loved it. But Time to Hide was a huge <laughs> highlight. And wow. I know that, you know, as someone who, who, who grew up on radio, and listen to rock radio at the time, just about every single cut from Wings the Speed of Sound, most of Venus and Mars, most of Ben on the Run got airplay on rock radio. And a lot of that stuff was Denny Lane or Denny's vocals, you know, with no words, with time to hide. Um, not only songs that Denny wrote, but songs that Paul wrote that Denny said <laughs> lead to or he shared lead to, like Spirits of Ancient Egypt which, you know, also sounded great live. And then, like uh, Tom was saying, towards the end of Wings, look at the London Town album. I think there's five songs that Denny co-wrote with Paul. And, um, you know, the title track to London Town, there's Don't Let It Bring You Down, which has become one of my favorite <laughs> wing songs. You know, I love... Deliver Your Children. Deliver Your Children got massive airplay on rock radio when it first yeah. came out. So it wasn't just Paul McCartney. I know that he was the main draw for most people. There's no doubt about it. But Denny Lane contributed so much more. And like we said, the harmonies, which was a vital sound of the group. Mm -hmm. um, I got to see him many times in concert through the years, more than I could probably remember, because I've seen him when he he did a show um, at Daryl's house where it was half he did the entire Magnificent Moody's album, and he also did the entire Band on the Run album with a backup band. And, you know, he had the same agent, or at various times, the same agent as people like um, Joey Molland and Peter Asher. So it was, in some ways, the same backing musicians at times, and they all played mm -hmm. very well. I just saw him, I think it was June this past year, at my father's place on Long Island. Right. It was just him alone with an acoustic guitar, kind of a storytellers type show, um, told stories about every single song. And he was fantastic. He was talking briefly about this documentary on Wings, which is supposed to come out maybe next year, we hope. And he was involved in some way with that. So I'm, he was probably interviewed for that. So, um, yeah. And yeah, Ken... That was that was a sad thing. I mean, he was just touring. I mean, it just you know five months ago, five six months ago, right? You know, it's yeah, it's so sad. I mean, just kind of like the same situation as uh, when um, uh, Mickey and um, Nesmith went out, right? Yeah. I mean, a couple you know weeks after that, he he had passed. You know, so I think people were expecting that about Mike. Yeah, right. Or, yeah, didn't know how soon. True. Just knew it was going to happen. Right. Yeah. Right. 
but uh yeah and i did see that rubber soul revolver tour and that was a lot of fun okay. and um i'm pretty sure yeah he was in one of those similar type uh concerts called the walk down abbey road in the early 2000s which was half like a super it was a superstar lineup that played Half of the show was their own hits and half of it was Beatles songs. And Danny Lane was in one of mm. those lineups with some of the same lineups that have been in all these tribute shows for the White Album and uh, yeah, Rubber Soul and Revolver. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it was a terrific performer. I always loved his voice and uh, just a terrific loss, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, whenever I think of like the top three songwriters for Paul after John Lennon, other than uh, Linda. And if you want to count Mike McCartney for the McGear album, there's Denny Lane, Eric Stewart, Elvis Costello. Mm. And Denny Lane was there, you know, like we said, for the whole tenure of Wings and uh, certainly one of the most important figures in, in the Beatles family. You know, okay. if you covered the group and the solo, there's no doubt about it. Ten years in the same band with Paul, you know, that's a long time. So to Denny. Circle that, keeps shrinking. What's that? <laughs> I said the circle keeps shrinking, unfortunately. Yes, I know. But uh, Denny Lane, thank you for all the great music and all these great memories and for your friendship. I had the chance to interview him twice. And actually, I started one interview that got cut short. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was a joy to talk to. Very friendly. You know, I'll just say this once because there was one time um, when I was part of this benefit concert for Mike Smith, who was the lead singer of the Dave Clark Five. And they were raising money for him at B.B. King's Club in New York City because he was in this terrible accident at his home in Spain where um, he fell and he was paralyzed. And Denny Lane, the Zombies, Billy J. Kramer, Peter and Gordon got together for the first time in something like 36 years. And I interviewed everyone except Billy, who I've interviewed several times anyway, for that show. And uh, it was the first time I ever interviewed Denny. And he couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. You know, he spent the whole hour with me. We talked about all the wing stuff, went into detail about Time to Hide, you know. He was he's so friendly and warm, you know. He'd recognize me as soon as he'd see me and want to get a hug, you know. I'm going to miss him. And uh, so many fans, you know, Beatle fans and McCartney fans around the world will too, and many people listening and watching to this show. All right? Sure. Um, and as Tom was just saying before, Paul and his band did a concert. This was in Sao Paulo, Brazil where he dedicated Jet to Denny Lane. And after the song was finished, the crowd chanted Denny's name. Oh, nice. Yeah. Also, Paul just played his last show of those that were scheduled uh, for his Got Back tour in Brazil. And this was at Maracana Stadium in Rio de Janeiro. This is on December the 16th. Um I don't know what the story was, but I did hear this was supposed to be streamed on Disney Plus. Yeah. Get it in our house. We couldn't get it, but it's on YouTube right now. Someone posted the entire concert, <laughs> bottom right corner. It says Disney Plus. Maybe it was aired in Brazil. I'm not quite mm. sure, but you guys want to watch it? Mm. 
air right now the entire concert okay and talk about a uh, a ruined opportunity how do you go to brazil and not play back to brazil i don't care what you think of the song whether you like it or not you right. know you, well i would have <laughs> went to the restroom at that point i think i, I was but i was going to ask did anybody know if he played back to brazil so he did he, he didn't oh, no he strange. did not that's oh strange. that's really but, yeah that is a wasted opportunity i thought a few years ago he did play back he did he did yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he did. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And he should do the entire backseat of my car in Mexico City. <laughs> Maybe he'll do a, a tribute to, to Denny soon. He'll do Ma- uh, Magneto Entertainment Man, possibly. No, the no, tribute. no, <laughs> no. Maybe to Kid Wheel. <laughs> Well, not long after our last show, it was announced that in celebration of the 50th anniversary of the release of Ben on the Run, Paul is putting out a special edition to mark the occasion. There'll be three releases, a one LP half-speed mastered vinyl, a two LP with the original album, and an underdub mix, which includes two Linda McCartney posters. That's the vinyl one. There's also a two CD version, which includes a double-sided fold-out Polaroid poster taken by Linda. And for these two versions, the two LP and then the two CD, they will include Helen Wheels on the album, but not on the underdubbed version. Right. So underdubbed, as I understood it, was supposed to be like the band without horns, without strings, uh not multi-layered more raw right and i don't know how many of you know this but there's already the underdub mix of the song band on the run yes I heard it's already it. on right. youtube yeah. and it's not what i thought it was going to be because it starts off like the first verse is just like the one that's mm-hmm. on the album right. and then it's like a different take Ooh. different vocals from paul it's really cool to listen to and if many of the tracks or all the tracks are like that of course, like I said, there's no Helen Wheels on here, but um, I would definitely look forward to that. Yes. Yep. Agreed. This is the also the first time that the series included a CD release. Uh, all these half speed masters have been just generally uh, vinyl releases. Mm. This is also the first time we're getting a CD release with this series. Yes. I wonder if there will ever come a time when we're going to hear the original demos. Yeah. The original recordings of Ben on the It run. won't fit the narrative, though. What's that? It won't fit his narrative because he wants us to believe that those tapes were stolen. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, yep. So yep. We'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> okay. uh, and last Monday, it was announced that for the collector, I don't know how many copies Tom and Joe have ordered already. Oh, I haven't no. ordered any. <laughs> You have it? Wait, 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 where have you been with this story? You got I Tom got one. Okay. Don't you know my story? I'm not going to get it. Don't no, you know I'm not my getting story? it. Capital sent me all three of variations, and I, I went on record saying I wasn't going to buy them, which I was not, by the way. And I, you know, but I still think they're nice looking. They're nice looking, but mm-hmm. I wasn't going to buy them. Yep. Okay. Well, I think the funny well, thing about this surprised. is. Surprised. <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing about this release is, is okay, here he announces that it's the anniversary of this release, okay? And then, what, earlier in the month he releases, he announces Band on the Run. 
this came out, you know, 10 days or seven days after the announcement. Why couldn't they do that with Band on the Run? You know what yeah. I mean? I, it was really weird. You know, if you want to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Band on the Run, do it in December, uh, like when it came out. Don't wait till February. You know, I mean, if you could release this within a week of announcing it, you could have done that with Band on the Run as well. Darn right. Thank you. Let's all gang up on Paul. <laughs> a lot of fans are not happy about this. The no. People are not rece receiving this well, this one. Yep. At all. Okay. Well, you know, I only care about having the music, and I got mm -hmm. the reimagined too, so I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yep. It's being called a three by three edition for his third anniversary, and it does come with new cover artwork, like you were showing, plus an Ed Rusha sketch poster. Plus a variant selected at random for each purchase. Um, it does have, doesn't it have the handwritten lyrics for uh, either Some of the pretty, pretty boys? boys this, this, I just happen one, to have yeah. the pretty, yeah. I just happen to have this. This is the pretty pretty boys lyrics. Yeah, right. there you go, right there. Yeah, but that comes with the album, right? One of them, the one that I showed, it, it came with that one. Okay. okay. Then uh, there was also another uh, set of lyrics that came with the one of the other options as well. So Kiss of each, Venus. All three. Yeah, yeah. Kiss of Venus. So all three versions got a different item, okay. as well as these, as well as the sketch design for the album cover. But okay. the odd thing about it is that people are a little miffed about it. I understand if you're a, a collector and you want to have all three variants. You can't yeah. choose them. You can't pick the ones you want. Although, if you want only one special one, you can't pick the one you want. Right. They send you whatever. And if you say order three, you may get three identical ones or two of yeah. one and one of the other. Yeah. There's and, no and way of getting all of the three. Yeah. People have gotten that did that, ordered three or four, however many you can order at the same time. They have ordered that many and have gotten the same of all, all four were the same. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, you got to keep trying. But they were warned. But yeah. they were warned, though. Yeah, it, it, it did say in the description. It did say mm -hmm. in the description. Yeah, yeah. That they they cannot guarantee that if you order multiples, that you will get all all three variants. Okay. All right. He's keeping the collectors happy. <laughs> well, at least He's two keeping of the them. collectors broke. Yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> Okay, uh, one of the major releases for Beatles fans this past year was Paul McCartney's book of photos from his private collection called Eyes of the Storm, drawing on photos of the Beatles from November 1963 through February of 64 as Beatlemania was about to sweep the U.S. and the world. And now an exhibit of these photos will be running at the Chrysler Museum of Art in Norfolk, Virginia, featuring 275 of Paul's photographs. Video footage is also included in the exhibit, which is described as an immersive experience capturing the Beatles from their perspective at performances in Liverpool and London and in New York at the Ed Sullivan Show. Admission to this museum is free, and the exhibit is running now through April 7th. And that's in Norfolk, Virginia? Yep. Let's trains go in the other direction, to Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> Oh, there you go, Gary. That was for you. Good for Gary, Wilbur. <laughs> oh. All right. Let's hope they don't start in with the odd couple now. Yeah. Oh, man. 
All right. Now, some exciting news coming from our good friend Gary Burr, who has for a long time been working with Ringo Starr from back with uh, Ringo's time with Mark Hudson and many of his albums after Hudson. Gary wrote a song that will be on Ringo's next EP, which, as we've heard, will be his country EP. And he says it's due out in March. Gary's wife, singer-songwriter Georgia Middleman, along with Mike Noble and Larry Paxton, will be on the song. Didn't say what the song title was. Ringo said, it's a great song with a great band that I couldn't be more excited. So, mark it down. Next March, we should have Ringo's next EP. Gary was a fantastic guest recently on Things We Said Today, talking about uh, his career and work with Ringo, if you can. Please check that out. Ringo is also on the front cover of the December-January issue of AARP magazine, which I haven't gotten yet. I'm waiting for my copy, and so is Joe. Also, I have. I'm not subscribed. <laughs> I'm not subscribed. Sure, <laughs> I'm not. But I am going to subscribe because I want to get auto insurance through that. That's cheap. Okay. And also for the Ringo issue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got. I have a Paul one. Uh, recently, I reported on a major Yoko Ono art retrospective running next year at the Tate Modern in London from February 15th through September 1st. Well, there will be a book in association with the Tate due out March 24th next year called Yoko Ono, Music of the Mind, covering her, her entire career and, of course, her time with John. So... That looks to be a very promising book right there. Very extensive. March 24th, Yoko Ono, Music of the Mind. Sean Lennon has teamed up with Pixar alumnus Dave Mullins to create a new short, uh, an animated film for the Christmas classic Happy Christmas War is Over, which will also use Peter Jackson's visual effects company, Weta FX. The Hollywood Reporter says that in 2021, Sean was looking for a way to make a music video for Happy Christmas, and because the song is more than a Christmas song, it's also a peace anthem, he wanted to get uh, more treatment than the airplay on radio and playlists. He wanted to reintroduce the song's message. The song, according to Sean, quote, just felt like it deserved more, uh, I'm sorry, deserved some kind of peace uh, to help get it out there for another generation. The only problem was that every music video idea seemed to trivialize it. It almost felt goofy, like a hallmark kind of thing. What are we going to show? A family sitting around a fire? It needed an actual narrative. When talking on Zoom, Sean and Mullins hit upon the idea of the Christmas truce that happened between the Germans and British soldiers during World War I where they stopped fighting during the holiday and played impromptu games of soccer. This may seem like an idea that someone else that we know might have used in a video. Paul, somebody or other for uh, Pipes of Peace. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Sean's ever seen the video. Yep. Uh, the film, which has been finished, is called War is Over, inspired by the music of John and Yoko. And it concerns a chess game played against enemy lines with the help of a heroic carrier pigeon. The animated film is 11 minutes long, and it's already had an Oscar qualifying run. And at the moment, it's looking for a distributor. 
So let's hope we get to see this fairly soon. Certainly in time for Christmas would be nice. Anyway, a few more news items here. On our last show, I reported that the Weaklings, the power pop band that records many of the lesser known, rarer Beatles songs, as well as some familiar Beatles songs and mixes those with their original Beatles songs, will have a new album coming out January 19th called Raspberry Park in which they'll cover two Beatles songs. And now we hear that the group will be performing at the upcoming Beatles on the Beach Rock Festival, taking place January 24th through the 28th at the Delray Beach Amphitheater in Florida. And the Weaklings will be opening for Cheap Trick. Heavy-duty stuff right there. The Fab Foe will also be among the headliners. For more information, you can go to BeatlesOnTheBeach.com. This will excite many Badfinger fans. This Thursday, there'll be a new release of Pete Ham demos. The collection is called Gwent Gardens. It'll include 18 demos made by Pete, just himself, with either an acoustic guitar or piano. 14 of the songs are for demos that have never been released before, and it will only be made available digitally. You can pre-order this release now on Apple Music, and it will be available for downloading uh on um uh, let's see on december the 21st you can preview one of the songs called love will be which is now on youtube many thanks to tom brennan uh for this information this is a different kind of a collection because unlike the previous demos where there was a backing band to go with pete's demo this is only pete pete with a guitar pete with a piano again it's called gwent gardens and um coming out this thursday okay you might remember several months ago i talked about mark hudson and on his facebook page he was talking about a hudson brothers reunion and that there would be a concert that would be streamed in october well that never happened but we do have an update um they are supposed to be getting a new website soon the hudson brothers and they're saying on uh, mark's facebook page they are planning live dates in march next year so i know a lot of beatles fans love mark hudson love the hudson brothers been a long time since they did anything together i want to remind everybody that the fest for beatle fans is coming up very soon at twa hotel february 9th through the 11th among all the many guests and it would take an hour to <laughs> mention all the guests that will be there they've just added mickey dolan's as a guest who will be there all three days for more information you can go to thefest.com finally the chart information billboard singles charts paul's wonderful christmas time moves from 49 to 47 you know every single year usually wonderful christmas time happy christmas reappears on the charts gets more points added to their stats and um, I am surprised Happy Christmas War is Over is not on the Billboard charts hmm. yet. Yeah, should be. Too much time be. left before Christmas. Poor John. Um, mm -hmm. And on the Billboard album charts, Dolly Parton's Rockstar, which debuted at number three two weeks later, is now down to 51. 1967 to 1970 from the Beatles is already at number 77 after re-entering the charts at 15. And 1962 to 66 is at 116 after re-entering the charts at number 20. Okay. My big hope is that they'll have staying power and just stay in the top 200 for a long time, like the original releases did in 1973 when it first came out. 
Um, it should, considering it's the greatest hits with a lot of great album cuts on there. Just hope that it hangs on there. And then finally, in the UK, on the official singles charts, Happy Christmas is there at number 21. Wonderful Christmas Time is number 25. And Now and Then is at number 65. It did go to number one there. Um, it's spent seven weeks on their chart so far. And then they also have their official physical singles chart, which is for physical sales, LPs and CDs. Now and Then is still number one on that chart. And Rewind Forward, which I was told by one of our viewers um, who commented about this in one of our shows, it might have been the last one, Rewind Forward is referring to the EP, hmm. not just the one song. It's at number 49 after peaking at number four. <laughs> All wow. Right. Maybe right. Windows should consider doing a song from there in the UK. Where <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be right. good so that's all the news that we have for you plenty right there so soon <laughs> that's all the time but, we have for you right now and... says, uh, christian, yeah. christian says still doing the news <laughs> it was a lot going on yeah a lot of news well, we did we did have to talk about denny lane that was yes just... yeah. Oh, yeah, that, of course. yeah oh absolutely yeah, and it fits our show as well. It know, sure does. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and um, as I said, uh, we are marking the 50th anniversary of Band on the Run, uh, December 5th, as we said. Uh, the release date in the UK, it was released a week before that. I mean, uh, in the US was December 5th, UK, November the 30th. Uh, some things to know about Band on the Run went to number one, of course on the album charts here in america spent a total of four weeks at number one but it was at number one three separate times yeah yep wow. it dropped mm -hmm. went back to number one dropped and went back to number mm -hmm. one total of 120 weeks on the charts it spawned three hit singles here in the u.s first with helen wheels at number 10 jet at number seven and the title track to ben, ben on the run which went to number one it is by far and away, without question, still to this day, the most successful album that Paul has released in his post-Beatles career, whether you whether you include Wings, solo music, The Firemen, whatever you want to call it, anything that Paul has released, Ben on the Run has been still the most successful album of, uh, of his career after the Beatles. And um, I can tell you that on every tour since the album was released, he has performed Band on the Run. Almost every tour, he's done Jet. And also on almost every tour, surprisingly, Let me roll it. <laughs> he never stops playing Let me roll it. I used to love that song. <laughs> now you're tired of used it. To. Yeah. yeah. You know, these are things we used to, I used to dream about, you know, seeing, you know, and, you know, and Hey Jude as well and all those. And yeah. you know, it's like, wow, you hear them so many times, you know, you never thought you, you would get to that point. Yeah. You know, you do wish he'd shake up the set list, but then again, just grateful that he's out there doing anything. And there's so many fans out there that never saw him and he's playing areas that maybe he hasn't played before. So those people are excited. Um, radio. I hope. Many of you still care about radio. Radio still plays Band on the Run and Jet on Classic Rock. And sometimes you will hear Let Me Roll It. And you will 
once in a while here in 1985. Um, up until the more recent appreciation of RAM, Band on the Run is usually universally um, looked at as being Paul's best album. I know there have been a lot of surveys on YouTube, everybody having YouTube channels, and so many people posted <laughs> RAM at number one. But I guess overall, you still would probably have to consider a band on the run by most people to be uh, the number one best album from Paul. We all have different tastes, and I'm certainly glad anytime another album gets appreciated. Some albums take a long time to be appreciated. I'm certainly glad about, you know, Ram and how it's so well respected now. So we're going to start by asking you guys some very general questions about Band on the Run. Is this an album that you still listen to often? Or is it just once in a while? Or do you prefer to give Paul's other albums or Wings albums more of a chance? So why don't we start with Kit this this time? Um, I don't listen to it as much as I used to. I mean, I used to listen to this a lot. Because <laughs> I... I really, there's hardly a bad track on this. Um, and maybe I don't listen to it quite as much, partly because of what Joe just said, mm. uh, because things like Let Me Roll It, I mean, I used to love that song. Right. Uh, and and yes, ever since Paul started doing it uh, in concert again and again and again, um, it, the, the, the power's worn off a bit. I, I will admit I so I still love it, but it's just you know, I I don't turn it up as much as I used to. Um, mm -hmm. you know I I guess I find myself, um, you know, giving albums like Chaos and Creation and Memory Almost Full and all some some more plays than uh, right. than this, um, in recent years. But uh, but I still uh, play this periodically, just just not quite as as much because. You know, I still think Fan on the Run holds up. I mean, I, I just still think the, as I said, hardly a bad track on this. The, the you know, songwriting is solid. Um, the, uh, you know, the production is great. great. I mean, really, <laughs> I mean, you know, just from start to finish. I mean, you know, the sequencing is is so good. I mean, you know, going from band on the run right into jet. I mean, come on. <laughs> it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't get any better. Um, I even love Bluebird. I mean, I've always thought that was an underrated track on this album. I, I loved it. I loved it from, you know, the moment I first saw Rock Show and yeah. saw them playing this. And I just thought that was gorgeous. That may have even been what convinced me when I was much, much younger to get band on the run, to get the album. Because I was just like, what's that? That's such a great song. I mean, there are just so many wonderful moments uh, on this album. So maybe don't play it quite as much as I used to. Do do a little burnout on some of the tracks, but it's still such a stellar, stellar album that still holds up fifty years later, as an age today. Okay, very good, um, Joe. You'll be next this time. It's a uh, it's a great album, still holds up. Uh, it deserves a, a place. If people want to say 
Paul's best album. I mean, that's all. It could be subjective. What do you like the best? What do you favor? But I find myself not playing it all the time. I play like if Kit just mentioned. It's funny. I just took some, you know, a couple of long car rides, and I played Chaos and Creation. I brought that with me. And then another time, I played uh, Memory Almost Full recently on the ride. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after Denny, the tribute, I grabbed London Town. I played that, which I hadn't heard in a while. But I don't see, I don't seem to go for this. I go for Venus and Mars a lot, a lot. I don't know why. Maybe because, uh, yeah, I'm just a little OD'd in a way on this, but I recognize the greatness of Band on the Run, you know? Right. Uh, great album. I mean, there, there were a couple of songs I'm not as wild about on there. I don't know if we're going to go all, through all that stuff or if you want to save, but I mean, like uh, Jet, I absolutely, I can never get tired of Jet. You know, we talk about some songs that, uh, oh, geez, you know, uh, I love this song, but wow, do I come together again, you know, uh, yeah, whatever it might be, you know, yeah. Hey Jude or whatever. Bend on the run, the song, I'm a little, a little, I don't know, uh, OD'd on that yeah. for some reason. I know, the great song that is. And right. the intro, I love the intro, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, what? Wow, but I'm kind of tired of it. But Jet, when that comes on, oh man, I I'm really into it because I remember hearing that song as as a child on the radio a lot, and that brings me back. Besides loving the rock of it, the drive of it, right? I just love. I, I mean, I I'm impartial to memories, things that evoke memories. Of right. It. And you know, it's funny that uh, sometimes on my channel I'll do a list. You know, I'll, I'll try to rank the songs this this time how I feel. And when I get to the top five, I don't have Band in the Run on on there. And I'm saying that's not really fair. I'm basically not putting it in there just because I'm a little, you know, tired of it right now. But the thing is, now I'm putting it in because it really deserves a place in there. And I do feel that way about it. It's not just because it's supposed to be in there. It's because I really do feel it. But, you know, maybe I'm partial to some other. I got Flaming Pie in my top five. I got New in my top five, you know, Good. for example. But, you know, yeah. So a, li- a little, uh, don't play it as much as I should right these days. A little OD'd on it. Yeah. But it's great. Great album. I like what you said there. I try to, um, when I come up with a list or say my favorite songs, I don't want it to be affected by the fatigue factor. Mm. Something is still a great song. You know, it's really radio and their very limited playlist <laughs> that kind of kills it for me. And yeah. I don't want to take that out on the song <laughs> and on the yeah. art. So Ben on the Run deserves to be rated highly as a song. But uh, yeah, you know, at the expense of so many other great songs that Paul has done in his career. And you could say the same thing about what Paul does in concert. And there's no doubt about it, a song like Let Me Roll It really is a great live song to do. But there's so many other songs in his catalog that are worth bringing out that would work really well live. But yeah. So, uh, Tom, how about you? Yeah, you know, uh, as a as a collector of of, of uh, albums and whatnot of Paul's, you know, it is the album I have the most of. Uh, it is his most pressed uh, album. Um, and I play every time I receive one, whether it's from Taiwan, Taiwan or Japan or, or here or it's a reissue, the 25th anniversary, you name it. If you if, if I got it, I'm playing it. I'm not going to just keep it sealed. I'm going to I'm going to play it. Yes, the, the 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 fatigue factor does sometimes play a part in in where I rank the album from time to time. But that being said, 
I also still um, understand and, and acknowledge its greatness in his catalog, right? right? I mean, when that unfortunate day passes, it's going to say Beetle Paul, Band on the Run singer, you know, dead. You know, it's it's just going to, you know, be it's I mean, it's just that I mean, it's going to be one of it's going to be the song and the album that he's remembered for, uh, yeah. in, in my opinion, just because it's just so massive. Like you said, he plays played the song Band on the Run or like you said, I should say, uh, and, and every tour. Right. I mean, he, he plays, you know, two to four songs on every tour on the off of this album for every tour it seems like you know it's just yeah. it's like the gift that keeps on giving in a way it just it just keeps coming band on the run look and don't be surprised if we get the 50th first anniversary of band on the run next year i mean it's just gonna it's just gonna keep you know coming and coming and uh and that's fine because it is a great album but what makes it great i mean um um the uh, well uh, red rose speedway was a number one album right but uh mccartney was a number one album ram was a number two of them what is it about band on the run that just That's you know brings it all together to for the for the for the for the fan base why is it this one that's recognized as as his like pinnacle uh, you know, I album, tell you that. and you know, because yeah, because I mean, the, the songs are great, don't get me wrong, but not, I don't think every song is a winner on here. Uh, you know, if, if we if we get into some of the tracks, you know, I don't <laughs> think Picasso's last word is, is, a, is a strong song, you know, amen. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, Bluebird, Bluebird is nice, but it's you know, let me roll it. I mean, if I hear that song one more time, whether it's on, <laughs> by accident or or on purpose, because I'm playing the album, I might you know go a little loopy here. But <laughs> and uh, I have no words for no words. Yeah. Well, I love no words. It's to the point now where no words is my favorite song on the album because wow. it's wow. just the one that just doesn't get. You know, if you if you're gonna and well in pneumonia, I mean that's that and Helen Wheels. Those are the only two songs that have not been played live on this on from this album. And um, but but no words, I think, is fantastic. I love the high uh, the high vocals there that Paul reaches there at tour in, in the middle. And then, you know, and I'm looking forward to this underdub version because, you know, it starts with strings. Right. So we're probably just going to go right to the guitar lick uh -huh. um, on this underdub. You know, so I'm really looking forward to uh, to hearing this underdub and 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 and. Um, and these uh, these songs without the orchestration or, or added guitars or different vocals, so it's going to be great. Yeah, it. I, I do think that uh, I still love listening to this album. Yeah, um, there are some songs that I'm kind of burnt out on, and but at the same time, I'm not going to take that out on the music. No, mm -mm. you know, even the the lesser known songs, like I love Mamunia. I love the acoustic stuff that Paul does, and there's a song where you hear Paul Lind and Denny <laughs> with harmonies. And I love it for that reason. Um, that's one of the many reasons. But it's a solid album from the first song all the way to the end. And, um, I, you know, Bluebird, I wish he'd bring that back in his acoustic set. One of my favorite things during the Wings Over America tour was when Paul started doing that acoustic set right in the middle. And he kept doing that in his tours. Still does it in a way. Um, so I love everything on it. I love the fact that he started doing Mrs. Vanderbilt you know, in concert years ago. And it, and, it, and it actually made me appreciate that. This is the opposite of Let Me Roll It. It actually made me appreciate that song a lot more. I think that song plays really well, this Venerable Live. Well, I, there's, I really there's one thing. I, I, somebody made a comment here, which is obvious, but you said earlier, but Band on the Run is still 
the biggest album from Paul to this day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On the run. yeah absolutely. No doubt about it. It, it is yeah. the biggest band on the run. all of his albums. Yeah. So the initial question I just asked a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It, it is. Mm-hmm. So sorry, um, Ken, didn't mean to interrupt you. That's just why. Totally Vanderbilt. I just I I forgot to mention that. <laughs> I, I tend to gravitate no, towards the songs that don't get played as much. Although I never seem to get tired of 1985. I answered it was yeah. the best one. It was better than the other ones mm, for, for yeah. most people. Mm. This is your opinion. Yeah. No, this, mm. you just said it's the number one. Did you mm. not say this, this? This is the most. I, Wait, I said I said Ram is my favorite. Mm. But again, I can be objective. And I can say so, that even though I love Ram better, Band on the Run is probably the better of the first four albums. Yeah. Mm. Most people most people think that. Hence why we asked why it's those does the best. Mm-hmm. Why it's always considered it. Why? That's why. Yeah, but why else would also it be? be objective and love an album that didn't sell that well at all. So that's yeah, no, but that's another story. I got many of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it does uh, say something that after all these years, it still is his best-selling album. Here's a quick yep. question for all of you. How yeah. how important is it to you that Helen Wheels was on this album? Very important. How big a difference yeah. Helen Wheels make for you? Tom, let's start with you this time. I'm of the belief that if the artist doesn't want it on there, you, sh- you shouldn't, you know, be forced to have it on there just because it was a top 10 hit. Um, you know, is it nice on the album? Sure. But again, the artist did not want the album on there and therefore he should be able to, you know, have his wish, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so either way I can enjoy it either way. However, I, you know, that wasn't his attention. Um, I enjoy it with or without but um you know the he he let the studio heads win or the suits win on this one in the u.s yeah. you know but in the uk he was able to have his wish um which i get listen i appreciate when when an artist wants to you know like the beatles the the whole Beatles situation you know give them the the singles as non-album tracks and then you know the albums are they stand on their own right now Throughout the seventies, that whole that whole thing changed, right? Because you look at all the look at all the hits that um, Fleetwood Mac had from their albums, or the Bee Gees had from their albums. Mm-hmm. I know, I know it. The the, the uh, I know the the, the strategy changed. Um, right. However, you know that that was his intentions to not have it on the album. It should have been that way. But like I said, I could I enjoyed it with or without Helen Wheels. Okay. Well, regardless of how Paul felt, is it a stronger album? Yeah with Helen Wheels is what I'm asking. I don't, uh, well, okay, I'll tell you this. It, if you want to consider a band on run like a concept album, I, I think it does. Because then with Helen Wheels, you know, you got band on a run right there escaping. Like yeah. Helen Wheels, they're kind of like in a way, you know, you're, you're, you're naming all these cities that you're kind of like passing while you're, while you're escaping, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, if you want to look at it, you know, in that case, then, then yeah, it's, I think it's a more of an enjoyable listen. So, um, yeah. I mean, I like the I like the song. I think it, you know, I think he should have been playing the song live since 1976. I mean, you know, it's it's. I don't get why he he doesn't play it live. You know, it's a top ten song, and he's never played it. But uh, it's a good jam. I know I don't think everybody is in the same camp as as me on liking the song. Um, but um, I know I prefer it if it wasn't on the album. Okay. It's my number one choice of all songs that Paul's never done live. I wish he'd yeah, do it live. Right. All right, Kit, how do you feel? 
I think it should be on the album. And I think it it enhances it because, you know, as Tom, you just said, it fits in thematically, you know, the whole escapism uh, theme, you know, it's the ultimate driving kind of song. I mean, you know, it, it absolutely. I mean, why, why not? I've, I've never understood why Paul kind of, you know, somewhat dismisses this song. I mean, it is such a rocker. Uh, it, and, you know, and as, as you both have said, it would just would have been a great live cut. I mean, you just get the crowd going. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it, you know? And so I, I've never understood why he didn't want this on the album. Um, I, I think it would have, it, it does nothing but enhance it. Um, I don't get it. You know, sometimes I think we've had these conversations before on this show that sometimes Paul isn't always the best judge of uh of his material on his albums you know we've talked about white you know some of the b-sides sometimes are better than uh what he's put on the albums and this is this is a good example um yeah i i i've never understood it no i absolutely i'm i'm in the i am pro helen wheels i am pro putting that on the album i love that song okay me too it's a perfect rocker as far as i'm concerned me too yep i agree Okay, Joe, what are your feelings? I can't do any more than Kit said. I can't get any more enthusiastic <laughs> about it. I think, I mean, I grew up with it that way. So admittedly, that's yeah, part of it. But exactly. I really think it enhances. You got only nine tracks without it to, to begin with. You know, I, I think if I counted right, and it's like, you know, might as well have 10, if not 11 or 12. But anyway, but I, I've never been a big fanatic over that song. You know, it's never <laughs> been one of my favorite songs. I like it, but I'm not. You know, I like Junior's Farm Say, you know, for a rocker oh, a lot more than I like Kellen Wheels. But mm-hmm. um, I think I think it fits the album. I think it's 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 the wings. <laughs> it if I think it enhances it. You know, everybody's yeah. got an opinion, different opinion though, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Pro Pro okay. Helen Wheels Club. We, we're forming it. What's that? <laughs> we're forming the Helen Wheels Club. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely am in the camp of it belongs on Van on the Run. But, you know, Paul is from that period when artists made singles and albums separately and they their mind thinks differently. There are times when they, they think about a certain song they want to release and they say, well, why don't I just make it a single? And then there are albums that have been put out where there are no singles, <laughs> like the first McCartney album, for example, or Wildlife even though they were going to put out Love is Strange. But anyway, but uh, no, I love Helen Wheels, and it seems, because I was brought up on it that way, the album's pretty naked without it. You know, to go from No Words to Picasso's Last Words, I don't know. It needs that rocker right in the middle. It was placed really, you know, in the right spot strategically, I think, on the album. And uh, it was good to have. It, it's fascinating to watch as a fan this buildup of Paul from 1970 through 73, you know, trying every which way to be successful with different types of albums from going from Ram to, well, McCartney to Ram to Wildlife, but still having hits and still charting well, you know. You know, who wouldn't want to have? an album go to number two like Ram or McCartney at number one or <laughs> Speedway at number one. So he was still doing well anyway, but critically he wasn't. 
but yet when Band on the Run came out, it was like a breath of fresh air for a lot of the critics. And it was like, this is the McCartney that we know what he's capable of putting out. That's what I meant. That's all I meant. You said it real quick or simply. That's what I meant. Okay. Well, you know, everybody has different tastes. There are times I'd rather listen to Red Rose Speedway over Ben on the Road. Me too. Okay. Well, I just to... said I played Chaos the other night, and I'm playing Memory almost full. Yeah. Dan, you, you love it all. Like we get it. I love it all. I love most of it too. I mean, mm -hmm. really. I missed the button. Okay. <laughs> so, if you had to pick the best songs, let's say your top three from this album, what would you pick? Kid? Oh, 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 you're asking like my children or something. <laughs> my favorite children. This is this is tough. Um, let's see. I guess at this time, and if you ask me tomorrow, I'd probably pick different songs. Um, probably I guess I'd say 1985, <laughs> Mrs. Vanderbilt. Mm. Uh, and Jet. I guess those would be my top three, the rockers. Tom? Right now, right now, as I'm looking at this album and thinking yes. about this album, <laughs> my top three from this album are No Words, 1985, and Jet. Joe? Mine are the same as Kits. Uh, Jet, Mrs. Vanderbilt, and 1985. Um, the song Band on the Run, great though it is, like I said, I'm just, I'm just really... Uh, and it'll deed. <laughs> Me too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mine would be 1985. Helen Wheels. Hmm. And uh, probably, I, I still haven't gotten tired of Ben on the Run as a hmm. song anyway. You know, I love songs that have all these different sections that you go, that you go to. You know, the way the whole song was constructed. It makes it so interesting. Yeah. All right. So even though we've touched upon this in our conversation very quickly, yes or no, is this his best album? Hmm. You said Ram, Tom. So that's your that's yeah. best. I think it's Ram's his best album, yes. Joe? <laughs> <laughs> After all that, I don't know. Favorite and best of heart. I don't know. Um I might, I might say Ram has become his best, his best album. Although this is maybe the second, but it's hard, man. It really is to, you know, to flip them. So, all right, kid. For I think for consistency, you know, quality, all that. I think this still stands as his best. Okay, and my favorite. To me, is is um, flowers in the dirt still. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just it's just an album I never get tired of hearing. Mm -hmm. Love the variety on it, but I could say that about a lot of McCartney albums. Mm -hmm. But what about as a Wings album? I mean, where do you where do you place it as a Paul McCartney and Wings record? Oh, number number Probably one, number for one sure. for sure, number one. Like I said, but do you think, do you think sometimes favorite and best can uh, well they okay can yeah. be oh, can they're be two different, different things yeah yeah and sometimes Absolutely. they if, the best times is when they happen to to, to meld together yeah. you, your favorite and you think the best that they mm -hmm. you know apart it's a matter of being objective I think like uh, you know I'm, I love back to the egg 
Oh, yeah. Oh man, that's one of my favorite albums. I don't know if I could, would call it his best. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's gone way up over the years in my estimation. Yeah, yeah, and many people's, I think. My top three wings would be number one would be Bad on the Run, number two would be Venus and Mars, and three would either be Red Rose Speedway or Back to the Egg. Mm-hmm. Kind of a tie there. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that's it for our conversation for the moment on Band on the Run. We'll resume this in February. All right. So now let's zoom from uh, 1973 to 2023. Talk about our top five or more highlights of the year. I listed my top five in order. That's not just five that I randomly picked. But um, let's start this time with Tom. You want to do this from five to one or just five in general? Um, I'm just going to go five in general. Um, and we're including Beatles too, right? Or is it just sure. all? Is it the whole, the whole camp? Um, the whole shebang. Well, look, and, uh, the whole shebang. Um, yeah. <laughs> number one, I'll start with... Um, uh, I'll start with uh, the last weekend. I really, I really enjoyed um, to hear more about these years of, of John. Um, now I know May Pang, she might have an agenda. You do with that what you will. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is, when as I watched this, I really, I really enjoyed uh, what I saw. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed, you know, seeing this footage of of, of John. Like I said, this this lost or what they call the lost weekend. Um, I really, you know, I learned a lot from that and um, uh, can't wait to watch it again. Um, anytime there's new music, you got, I think you have to add that to the list. Um, so rewind forward. Yeah. Rewind forward. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Ringo, the latest EP. Um, just, uh, you know, solid, solid tracks. I don't think there's a bad song necessarily on this, on this EP. Um, but the two really, really strong songs, in my opinion. And, um, you know, now that you mention it, uh, Ken, with that country EP, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm hoping that that's, uh, um, should make my list next year. Um, when we do this next year, um, you gotta go with, uh, the, the eyes of the storm. Um, uh, again, I mean, you're seeing new stuff, um, that we've never seen before, um, from somebody, you know, who, is not much, uh, you know, I guess they all took photos, but these are photos that, you know, were lost, that were supposedly lost. Uh, you know, he, I didn't like that. He still find a way to sneak in his, uh, we weren't going to go to a number, go to America without a number one story in there, but, but, uh, that's just a nitpick, but anyways, um, but I mean, those, those photos were really cool to see at a time where it, it, you, you just can't imagine being in that whirlwind that these people, these four individuals were were in and and any chance they had to, to take pictures are you kidding me i'd probably be such a nervous wreck going to place to place that i would taking pictures probably the last thing i i had on my mind <laughs> uh you know but uh but these guys were able to keep calm and cool throughout the whole the whole thing but um and then you got to go with uh i got you got to go with the red and the blue with these remixes especially the red um you know if if what we heard on here with the revolver, I mean, sorry, the rubber soul stuff. I cannot wait till we get 
uh, the rest of that. I really enjoy what I heard on on this one. Not every not every remix was a winner, but the bulk of it is fantastic. And um, you know, really hoping that they continue this uh, this um, series of remixing every album. I think the Ken, or Ken didn't you say when you were talking to um, Peter Jackson that you know they pretty much separated every track. Um, the, oh, the, he did. The, the, the yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he said. So I guess then we can to Giles. That was his job, right. and everything, right. and, and then so, and do the mixing. Yeah. So then we can assume that they're going to go back and just, they're going to finish the series then of every album of remixing every album. Then I think so. You know. Yeah. So. How could they not? Um, but yeah, yeah, and then the stuff that we haven't got yet from from the blue, the stuff from Magical Mystery Tour and Yellow Submarine. You know. Uh, you know, again, really good stuff. And uh, I'm happy we got them. Again, these are just experiments. You're going to like them or you're not. Um, but I, I, I tend to enjoy it more than more than, more than not. Um, we're going to do uh, honorable mentions later, or do you want to do that now? Um, why not do it now? Do okay. it now. Oh, do it now. There you go. Um, <laughs> and again, I, uh, these are going to be all books. Listen, I've I've received and, and read so much this year that I mean if I don't get if I don't mention your book, I I'm really sorry. <laughs> but just <laughs> obviously we gotta mention, you know, uh Mr. Womack's uh or Dr. Womack uh, his, his Mel Evans book was was fantastic. We talked a little a little bit about it uh with uh with Larry Graves, Joe and I, and uh, it's just a fantastic read. Um, I'm really enjoying this. And we, Ken, you talked about this as, as it was announced earlier this year, and I picked it up, and that was uh, Drumming is His Madness, uh, the Ringo Starr uh, discography um, book. It's, uh, again, it's a very opinionated book. Uh, you know, as, as the author is talking about the albums, he's also ranking them at the same time. Um, but, you know, giving some respect to uh, Ringo's discography is, uh, is a welcome thing, in my opinion. Um, Another book here called That Was Me uh, by Dr. Richard Driver. Um, this is a very, it's a career spanning academic look uh, into uh, Paul's uh, career. And I think, um, I think uh, Richard does a fantastic uh, job with, the, with this book. And uh, it was great to talk to him about that. And then last is um, a song that, I mean, a book that's kind of personal to me because I kind of was not the main reason why he went back and wrote it, but I was kind of pushed him to do it. And that was volume five of uh, the songs he was singing by uh, John Blaney. This is a reference book, part five of a reference book of the years uh, 2010 to 2019. And just going year by year and all the releases that came and went um, from that decade. So is there a lot that's, of information about each song in there or is it just? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he talks about the songs. I mean, especially if it's a new album, he talks about the, you know, all his all the songs, his opinions on it. They go through the. Um, you know all of the uh, all the reissues. Like, I mean, as you can see, there's the you know the picture for the Wings at the Speed of Sound reissue. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's not only just the new stuff. It's also you know singles, uh, things he worked on with other artists. You know the uh, the the Servana, um, track. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's a great reference book of of the stuff that Paul worked on uh, in the years 2010 to 2019. So and that's John Blaney. Okay, very good uh joe how about you all right 
I have five uh, things. I, I put them. I'm, I don't know. I rank them from, I guess, five to one or whatever. Okay, that's okay, fine. Uh, the May Pang film, I, don't, I didn't get it yet uh, on, on Blu-ray, but I saw it in the movie theater, I think, three times with three different people. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was very touched by it. I got teary-eyed. I felt for May. You know, I mean, I, you know, I felt from her perspective that she was hurt. You know, she lost John and all, at the end, Yoko went back to Yoko. I just felt, I felt for her. And I know what she was trying to say, but I, I mean, as a fan, I liked a lot of the, the footage, the photos and everything. And I thought the story was well told. It was a really well done docu documentary. You know what you want to call it, it was very well done. Um, I'm glad that they called it the Lost Weekend because she didn't want to use that because she insists it wasn't lost. But John insisted that he was he wasn't really happy during that period, although he sure looks it right. But only he knows, mm -hmm. I guess, what's inside inside him. And I always say on the Walls and Bridges album, I was just thinking when I played that recently again, like you know, when I was a kid, I didn't play Bless You that much. I didn't really love it. Now I love Bless You. And I think that really says where he's at on that album, Pining for Yoko, and Our Love Will Remain. And has a song to, you know, surprise, surprise on there too, Sweet Bird of Paradox to May. But I'm a little bit more of a knockoff, to, it sounds to me, although I pleasant enough. Um, anyway, that's some of my thoughts on it. But I did love it. I thought it was really well done. And then number four, I went with the Ringo EP, Rewind Forward, which I don't have in front of me now. Tom's always prepared. I gotta say, Tom, give you that compliment because I don't always have everything with me. But uh, yeah, it was. It's become like my second favorite EP of the Ringos. I think you know after the first mm -hmm. one. I think all right, right. consistent all the way through. I love the Paul song that he wrote for Ringo on there, feeling the, the sunlight. I think. Um, yeah. Then for number three, I'm putting the red and the blue together. You know, the red and the blue. Um, I didn't expect to enjoy them. As much as, as I did, especially the red one, you know, because you got like a sneak peek at what we may hear with these early tracks with this demixing and then, you know, remixing and do and getting some of the instruments up loud and the Ringo's drums and the centering of the vocals. Um, and even the blue one, when I heard it, you know, I, I, I enjoyed those songs a, a lot more for the most part than I had in a long time. It just sounded fresh or something to me. So I like the job that was done with those. And then number two, I have the song Now and Then, which I've come to really love a lot. I right. didn't really, wasn't wild about the demo, you know, but boy, I, I was so shocked and stunned <laughs> what they were able to accomplish with that. Kudos to everybody. Um, and then number one, the video is about my number one. Oh, yeah. the, the video of now and then it just was for me was just such so emotional and you know uh, tear jerking in, in in a way that uh, I, I was so touched by it that it, it had the most profound effect on me of anything. And of mm. course, I've got some some uh, runners up. I love you know the Ken Womack book on Mal Evans. I mean, you know we haven't had Mal Evans. Right. Uh, in depth like this, right? This is like a new territory. So much of the time we get stuff maybe we, we've had already. Another George book, another John book, you know, etc. So that's my list real, as quick as I could make it. Okay. Do you have any honorable mentions? Oh, you did have Yeah, that was the, the Walmart book. Yeah. yeah, thanks for yeah, thanks for bringing up now and then, Joe. I could I, I had it on my pile to mention and I completely skipped over it. But yeah, it's that, that was on my top five as well. Yeah. Okay. Queen. 
All right. Uh, well, uh, it was an interesting year, wasn't it? Because in some ways, uh, we were talking about uh, things throughout the year that didn't come out <laughs> as uh, much as things that did. Uh, but there were, of course, some great things. Uh, first of all, uh, Ken's book, uh, you know, that was the bu most buzzed about thing other than, of course, now mm. and then um uh this year and uh and i think it certainly lived up to the hype i think uh uh you know it was a fascinating uh portrayal of uh not only of the you know this ultimate insider of uh the beatles but also you know this complex portrayal um of of uh mal evans and you know and i've been reading some things online there there's some people on social media who you know have express some um a bit of discomfort i guess about this you know portrayal of mal evans you know that he because he's been known as the gentle giant and everything that you know he was that he had flaws well yes he did i mean he was a human being and when you read this book you get the full picture of him um and i think that's a good thing because while you know he certainly did have um, his flaws. We now have a three-dimensional picture of of this man that we really only knew, you know, from pictures, from you know, scenes in Help, uh, from Get Back, you know, seeing him in in the studio. I mean, you know, we really have this. You know, it's yes, it's a warts and all presentation, but I think Ken does it in a respectful manner because yes. you know it's a balanced portrayal so you know those that are saying this stuff on social media about oh it's you know you only see his negative side no you don't you know it's a it's a very balanced portrayal and as i said you know it's a it, it, we now see him as a full person and uh and so it's a really great book not just about you know inside stories of the beatles but you know about you know fame itself so uh so really enjoyed that um uh you've both of you mentioned the red and blue albums and that was a pleasant surprise um i you know i think i've talked about in this show and i've talked about in some others you know all oh, the red and blue albums why are they bothering with this and um yes the red album in particular i mean some of those mixes of the early stuff wow I mean, they, you know, really breathe some new life into, you know, I want to hold your hand and, and some of the early stuff. So I cannot wait to see what they do with, you know, Rubber Soul and, and other albums, uh, particularly uh, with the Beatles. Right, Joe? Um, yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we love that album. Uh, so, uh, you know, so that was a pleasant surprise. Um I also want to point out an album that came out uh, this year that uh, kind of flew under the radar, and um, it's a collection uh, called We Can Work It Out, Covers of the Beatles, 1962 to 1966. It's on Cherry Red, which uh, always puts out some great compilations, and, and, uh, and it's a three-disc set of uh, you know, it's it's a collection of covers. I mean, everybody uh, from Billy J. Kramer to, uh, you know, Petula Clark uh, to uh, Scylla Black. I mean, everybody you can imagine. Liza Minnelli. I mean, everybody you can imagine. 
on three CDs and it's like 25 bucks. And I think you can find it for even cheaper than that if you shop around. Pretty good deal. Um, and I mean, you get, you know, over 50 tracks and hmm. it's, you know, all these covers of, of Beatles songs all in one place. And and uh, I, I got it and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so if you're into covers, particularly from that period, uh, highly, highly. These are, these are original covers from the obviously the original artists from the 60s, 70s. Yes. These are from decades long. You know, Six, uh, 62 to 66. 62 to 66. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. So yeah, it's a specific time period, but, uh, but okay. I mean, yeah. I missed and, that part. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, some well-known artists, um, you know, some British, some American, really fascinating stuff. So if you're, if you're into covers, um, check it out. I, I, I really loved it. Uh, and then just a couple of books I want to mention. Um, We've, uh, well, in fact, uh, uh, Ken, I think you've had him on, on your show, uh, Act Naturally, The Beatles on Film uh, by Steve Matteo. Have you guys had him on your channel? Yep. Too? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, you've got to, you've got to have him, uh, Joe. You know, it's a fascinating uh, book because not only does it talk about, um, you know, Hard Day's Night Help, Let It Be, Get Back, but it also gives a background about British film, uh, which I you know the history of it, um, why Hard Day's Night was such a kind of groundbreaking film, Richard Lester's history and film, fascinating. So it's not just about the Beatles films themselves. So um, right. you know, really enjoyed that. Um, and finally, uh, Luca Parasi's newest book that came out this year oh yeah yep, yep. uh paul mccartney music is ideas the stories behind i thought it was last year yep. i thought it was last year that's why i didn't include it oh no that's our yeah it, believe it or not <laughs> yeah, it came think, out came out this year and it's uh boy is it chock full of information and this is the first book i've had by luca i mean i've heard about his stuff so long from you yeah. tom and right. others wow right. it yeah. is i mean it is just chock full of information uh, but yes, I know you've yeah, had him on, yeah. on your show too, yeah. Ken. I mean, just chock full of information about, you know, every, you know, song that, that Paul has recorded. Uh, this is, uh, yeah. what is it, number three in the series? Is that or number two? I forget. Um, no, it's, it's the first in a, it's the first volume in, the, in the, a new series. Oh, it's a new series. Okay. Because I know yeah. he's done series before. It is just uh, the amazing amount of detail that he has. So recommend that. And just quickly, a couple of um, uh, runners up. Uh, there's a new paperback edition of uh, the lyrics, um, 19, um, uh, 1956 uh, to the present, which has all new, uh, like, I think it's like eight additional uh, songs, yeah. and it's a lot cheaper than the hardback edition. So, uh, so check that out. Also, uh, the Beatles on the charts, uh, all group and solo albums, um, and uh, uh, by Michael Ventrella, good, uh, good friend of mine, and and all of yours. If you are a chart nerd, uh, like somebody here, <laughs> that's another book I've been meaning to get. I, and the drumming one that Tom mentioned, yeah, yeah, I gotta and get these books. So. Uh, you know, great reference, and um, you know, Michael really did his homework about chart history, Beatles and solo chart history. So do check that out. So I think that's everything. All right. 
Everyone I'm not going to have too many new ones to mention because a mm -hmm. lot of the ones that I have here are what you guys mentioned. Mm -hmm. But this is one. This is uh, my top five from five to number one. And this is Chris Engelhart's book that came yeah. out here. Yeah. Beatles Fully Uncovered. Um, you know, I've said this before, but the side projects of the Beatles is something that I believe is worth exploring. Maybe not every single recording because there are plenty of times when you'll find that Ringo drums on a song, and if you weren't told it was Ringo, you wouldn't even know it was Ringo. But there are certain songs where there's more involvement from one of the Beatles. Certainly, you go back to something like My Dark Hour from Steve Miller, where Paul's yeah. playing drums, and it's really cool drumming that he's doing on this song. Um, songs that a Beatle wrote for another artist. This is very up-to-date. Actually, it's everything except all the side projects of the past year, and there have been plenty of them. Um, so it's basically songs that a Beatle wrote, uh, produced, or performs on for other artists. And you know from us talking about it here in the news, Paul plays on the Rolling Stones new album, Paul played on Jimmy Buffett's album, um, you know, so much Dolly stuff. Parton. Yeah. Yep, the Let It Be right there. So that would be in a newer version. Gotta get Chris to do it. Keep updating these every few years. Just Paul and Ringo are—they ain't stopping. Okay, uh, Ringo, the EP right here. Always look forward to a new EP from Ringo. Do love the song, well, all the songs, but I love the one from Paul especially, and the title track, and the song that Mike Campbell wrote on here. Miss That's a good one. Okay, and Steve Lukather again, another song that he co-wrote for Ringo. Good, solid, four-song EP. And uh, as we heard in the news, next EP is coming out in March, according to Gary Burr. Also, glad you mentioned it, Kit, but Luca Parasi's book, which um, I did a number of interviews on my YouTube channel, covers all the way through 1989. And so the next book, which I believe is going to be coming out next year, I would think probably takes you to the present that yeah. might be way too much to cover because there's so much that paul's done i think he said yeah. he's gonna do the next 20 years okay wow that's probably a better idea but um yeah. every single song that paul has released it's details about every single one who plays on each track when it was recorded when overdubs were done what studios were used it's all here in this book. And if there's quotes from anybody like Paul about specific songs from interviews or people that were on the songs, it's here in this book. It's great to have. First Research years. is incredible. really yeah. is. Absolutely. Um, also, my number three choice should be no surprise. And Walmack's book on Mal Evans, Living the Beatles Legend. Really, I'm so impressed by this book. It does help that you're covering a subject where you know nothing's been written really about mal we knew so little about him and now we get a really full picture like you said kit three-dimensional you know just about every single page i'm learning something that i never knew before about mal to know about his personal life the struggles that he had with his marriage and not seeing his two kids um how he lived and breathed for the beatles really did everything he just he wasn't just their friend and he wasn't just their roadie. He was so responsible for all their needs in the studio, whether it was food, whether it was getting plectrums, it doesn't matter. 
catering to their every needs. He really loved working for those four guys. Um, you know, it's a sad story in the end, as we all know, but I'm glad that that Ken tackled this. Glad that he, you know, had the cooperation of, uh, you know, Mal's family and especially um, his son, Gary and Julie, Mal's daughter. Um, and of course, Ken and Gary were both on our show just a few weeks ago. But that's my number two choice. My number one choice has got to be now and then everything about now and then the song itself the audio recording and the video combined you know it is a very emotional thing you know as fans we don't know what to expect in the future but it was hammered into our heads this is the last Beatles song and for that reason alone okay. it's putting a final chapter on the group as far as new music is concerned and i think that they very lovingly paul ringo giles martin everybody concerned they put their hearts into it with what they had to work with not just separating john's vocal from the piano part but the backing vocals with paul and ringo adding george's guitar parts from 1995 or 96 um making sure that all four of them were on there represented in some way and um i love the orchestration that was added to it Everything was very tastefully done. Um, is it going to be a classic? Who knows? You know, we can't predict that in the future. I love Free as a Bird and Real Love after all these years. I always have. But I sure am glad that, that Paul and Ringo did this. And I'm certainly glad we should never stop thanking Yoko for giving Paul the tapes to do these songs. So, um, you know, and the video was just a masterful job from Peter Jackson or how he weaved old footage with new footage, with footage from 95 and 96. You know, I love everything about that video, the way it ends with the Beatles bowing from A Hard Day's Night from the Scala Theater, you know, and having all those black and white photos at the end of when they were young, getting older and all that it's just so brilliant mixing all of it together you know it's just what you can do with today's technology is just amazing i also like that nice touch which peter talked about how in the very beginning you just saw the guitars and the hands but you didn't know which hey. beetle it was yeah. you know it's very clever to do that it sucks you right into the you know the very beginning but uh no what a treat it was to have now and then and uh, just to know, and I've read some younger Beatles fans that are just so excited. They're actually experiencing a new Beatles record yeah. today. You know, I'm just very grateful that it was done. So that has to be a, my number one choice. Honorable mentions. Uh, Kit, you mentioned Steve Matteo's book, Act Naturally. It really is as as thorough a book as you can get about the Beatles' five films, but it tells you you know, what was going on in the culture politically, yeah. you know, um, and not only that, uh, I don't know how he must have went through IMDB yeah. or so many sources for every single person involved yeah. in each of these Beatle films. Very thorough. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. if it was like the third cameraman working on a, <laughs> on a Beatles film, 
you'd find out he'd find out about them, know his whole history, what he did before this film, this Beatle film, and what he did after. You know, there's so much packed in there. It might be overload with all this information. But um, it really, he spent a lot of work and time on this. And I admire Steve for, you know, putting his heart and soul into it. Like you said, Kit, I'm a, a, Be a Beatles charts geek, charts <laughs> geek, period. So the Beatles on the charts from Michael Ventrella, which really continues from what um, Wally Pedrasic did uh, with Harry Castleman and all together now with the charts taking you week from week seeing how the Beatles singles and albums did on Billboard and doing the same thing on the British charts. And so he does the same thing up to date. Only now, you got to put now and then in there, Michael. You got to update the book. Um, let's see. Eyes of the Storm we mentioned. Oh, there's this book right here that I just finished reading. Well, actually before the Mal Evans book. But this is called The Beatles' Fab But True. Oh, yeah. It's by Doug Wolfberg. This is a very enjoyable book. It's got a lot of a lot of chapters devoted to stories about the Beatles and their history that are either really not known or only really Beatles historians have studied this stuff and would know it, mm -hmm. you know? So like the painting that all four Beatles worked on when they were in Japan. They only made one painting, all four of them together. There's the story about that in here. And all the chapters are fairly short. So if you have a short attention span, <laughs> this book is de definitely designed for you. And it also tells you um, what happened to all the participants in these stories later on, if they're still alive. You know, I love all the work that was done in this. Very enjoyable read. Very quick read, too. And um, also got to give a shout out to Bruce Spicer for the Please Please Me with the Beatles book that he put out this year. You know, anytime Bruce Spicer does anything, it's a quality book. Yeah. And of course, he's got chapters with Al Sussman that he wrote, Pierce Hemmingson, Bill King. Um, yeah, so we got that. And you also got to mention, and we take it for granted, Ringo and Paul's tours. Mm -hmm. Okay, seeing Ringo this past year was, you know, a big delight. And we haven't seen Paul in the U.S., but probably tomorrow I'm going to watch that show in Brazil <laughs> on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, that would be my list. But now and then, I think, would have to be number one. And Ken Womack's book on Mal Evans, number two. But these are all, you know, great choices. So that's it for this past year. Now we have our wish list for 2024 um before we get to that quick question from uh in the comments um uh tom the uh the dvd of uh lost weekend uh actually the blue one mm -hmm. the dvd yeah does it have any extras no it does not okay no extras. somebody somebody asked that so okay i just wanted to get to that before we get to the last part Okay, so who wants to be first for their wish list? Uh, I'll go first. I don't care. I'll go mm -hmm. first. Okay. All right. Um, real easy. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're getting another band on the run. We're getting another, or we're getting um, Mind Games uh, next year. So that's great. Um, you know, I I predicted uh, a while back, a few years ago, for a a Paul singles, a career singles box set. I would love to see one for for John and George. Um, I 
think probably a Ringo one would probably be de- damn near impossible to get since seeing that they're not even going to announce the 50th anniversary of Ringo. Um, so, um, which is a shame. But, um, and then uh, a fourth anniversary of McCartney 3. I mean, hell, I mean, why not? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not another one? I mean, there's already 57 <laughs> uh, different variations that you can uh, buy that record. Um, <laughs> so, and, yeah, Beatles-wise, Rubber Soul. Um, if you look at it, I mean, for, for the five camps, Beatles, Paul, John, George, and or John, Paul, George, and Ringo, it was it was a very kind of a light year, uh, right? Remember 2018, where when we got you know four months of back to back to back to back, you know, craziness, where hmm. you know it was just you know the wallet was was smoking uh, at the end of that year. But um, but yeah, I mean, I you know I could go on and on with you know I want George stuff, I want Ringo stuff. You know, but I'm trying to be realistic here. But um, you know, Rubber Soul obviously comes to mind, and like I said, I would love to see a career-spanning singles box set from 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 John and George as well. Okay, no argument there, Kit. Oh man, hard to top that. Well, looking forward to. I hope it'll come out this year. Uh, volume two of the Mal Evans, um, uh, uh, well, this uh series it's going to be i believe his uh reproductions of his diaries uh many more photographs that have never been seen before um i know they're working on it as uh ken and his team as we speak so uh hopefully it will be out at some point next year um as you mentioned tom rubber soul box set um london town back to the egg box set i think We've been saying this for like what five years since mm-hmm. we began this show, something like that. Maybe we shouldn't say it, then we'll get it. Yeah, maybe, maybe right. that's it. Um, would love to uh, have uh, Paul bring uh, bring the tour back uh, back to the states next year. Who knows? Um, you already uh, fulfilled uh, a wish of mine, Ken, by saying that uh, Ringo's going to have the country album out uh, by uh, March, right? March, I think. According to so- Gary Burr. Yep. So, yay! My one of my wishes is is coming true, um, and uh, the Mind Games box set will be coming out next year. So uh, that'll be exciting. We'll be covering that. Um, yeah, like you said, Tom George George Harrison release. You know, we're getting we're getting a you know a John release. We're getting uh, you know Ringo's uh, upcoming EP. Uh, hopefully, we're getting a Paul McCartney archive. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that'd be a great idea, a, a, a box of, uh, you know, a singles. Um, you know, I'm not picky. <laughs> I mean, we need something from George here. I mean, I also love, you know, some edition of, uh, um, you know, 33 and a third or something like that. But but even a singles collection. Yeah, I'm not picky. We But we're but darn it, we're due for something from, from the Harrison camp. So come on, get working on it. <laughs> so those are my my picks joseph okay oh joseph you're in trouble no that's not a good sign but no uh the thing is um i don't know how many we're supposed to do i mean i had i have five and a couple of uh, somebody just mentioned one that i totally forgot about i'll add uh but out of the five things that i have listed here only one is uh confirmed and that's the mind games 
box is supposed to be this summer come uh, next summer but this summer that next summer mm. june or something you know i like to get to the mind games box um and now i'm gonna say what was something that uh tom was was refer- referencing to the ringo uh, album is acknowledged somehow mm. we didn't get a 50th anniversary is there a chance we're gonna get it in seven in the next like as if it was a 74 to 2024 you know i mean hey yeah, you know, because of COVID, we got some things in 2021 that were instead of 2020. True. But I don't know. I just nobody seems interested. But I want a Ringo, the Ringo self-titled album special collection. And you know, even if you can only you only do a two CD set or something. Right. I mean, whatever. Where you have one of them's the album nicely re- redone, and also whatever tracks you can find extras or something. But do something. It would be nice. Uh, of course, London Town and Back to the Egg. Yeah. London Town and Back to the Egg, hmm. with emphasis on Back to the Egg, if I have to p- pick one, but we should have both. I mean, that's ridiculous. So the, I think Back to the Egg is my most wanted thing on out of all of my list. And then I'll have Rubber yeah, Soul. Joe, I think that's why, that's why I kept it quiet, Joe, because I think if we don't say anything that's about it, saying. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, if we don't say mistake. anything about it, yeah. you know, no. We don't want it. Yeah, how, about we do what we, it? how about we do what we don't but, want and we put them We on. don't care. Yeah. No, what you should do is use reverse psychology. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, if you tell Paul he can't do something, he'll do it. Yeah. So right. we'll all no, just say, he'll, he's not going to do it. He's <laughs> never going to put it. That's what the you idea was. Re- you won't release Broad Street as an archive edition. Mm. You would never do a never. thing like that. Oh, which I'd like that. And I would like to have that. But, <laughs> but I also had a rubber sole on here only because that's the one that supposedly Giles said would be next at one point. You know, it's not confirmed or anything, but that's mm. the one that I heard about. And then someone, Christian, had said in the comments something that I, that I want but forgot about and that's a hard day's night the movie like back to like some theaters and things like that a big like uh bash mm. for that to come in for the 60th anniversary i'd like to see that and i heard rumbling somewhere about possibly a box set for living in the material world again how solid that is i don't know but i've heard you know in the mill like you do i've heard about that yeah that happens you may not be seeing me for a while i might just be you know, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna need a lot of time with that. You can see, I can see Ken <laughs> on his couch at home, just hugging. Oh, it. forget oh, it. That, oh, isn't that your favorite album of all time, right? Yes, by anybody? Yes, I've said it enough. <laughs> For those who may not know, I that's why I brought it up. Yep. <laughs> so you um, didn't really mean it. I mean it. Are you <laughs> your rumblings of that? No, I did. I just heard rumblings. Absolutely. Okay. I thought we all heard the rumblings. Maybe, maybe I'm most imagining things now. But I thought I, I heard. I heard that. Some, some. Who knows where? I heard it too. But I didn't know if, you know, if you're going chronologically, then the concert for Bangladesh would be the next. Hmm. You know, know. archival release. Or early takes volume two. <laughs> no, volume yeah. three. It's volume three. Yeah. Volume three. Yeah. Right. Volume three. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> okay. Well, my wish list. First of all, I just have three things of the looking forward to, uh, the Mutton Games box set, definitely. Uh, the McCartney Legacy Volume Two. Yeah. Uh, having just uh talked to Alan Cozen, they're shooting for a fall release 
Let's hope it happens. Oh, that's right. 2024 and the Mal Evans Diaries, which I thought, you know, the last I heard was around Father's Day next year. But mm. you heard differently. from Canada. I'm not. Yeah, they're being a little cagey about it. So let's let's mm. hope. I hope that's true. OK, well, I have six things here on my wish list. Uh, a Ringo box set. It makes sense to do one for Ringo for the album. You, Ringo. Know, you could do you so know much makes packaging sense. with on vinyl and have the whole booklet with all the Klaus Forman drawings. There you go. So, so much you can do there. It's funny. Just about everything here ends with the words box set. Mm. So a McCartney box set. I don't care which one it is. Give me anything. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to be London Town and Back to the Egg. Give me Broad Street. Give me Press to Play. Give me Off the Ground. Uh, you know, I'd be happy with any of that. Harrison box. I definitely would love living in the material world. Rubber soul box set. New Ringo EP. We already know that's going to happen. But Ringo said his plans were to make three EPs fairly soon. And uh, after the country EP, he should be doing one with Linda Perry, where she's supposed to be a part of all the songs on the album and probably writing the whole album, too. I've been liking what she's been doing with, them, with Ringo. Yeah. And then my number one thing, most of all, it's kind of funny because I did a show with you guys on it on my YouTube channel, What Beatle Fans Want. Mm -hmm. Oh, remember yep. that? I remember. I said something on that show and I was the only one that said it. And it's the same thing here. Mm -hmm. A new McCartney album. Mm -hmm. So it's funny how you're all mentioning archival releases. And none of you mentioned the new Paul album. So oh, you know, I didn't because we know he's recording with Andrew Watts. Yeah, but you, you know, don't know when I mean, it's going to come out. Yeah. True. And, by True. the way, Hackney, look at Andrew Watts. Hackney Diamonds, best release of 2023 for me. Oh, I know. You <laughs> love that album. Okay, well, you know, you know, the times right now are precious for Paul and Ringo. I'm so grateful that they do anything. So anytime Ringo puts out an EP, I'm in celebration mode. Anytime that Paul puts out a new album, I'm I'm thrilled about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, anything they give us now is a gift. So uh, I look forward to anything new, even if it's just one new song, which Paul does still upon occasion. You know, these songs that he puts out digitally, like Hope for the Future or In the Blink of an Eye, songs like that. Um so I really do hope because uh, McCartney three was three years ago now. Mm. And, uh, you know, rather than having something for the fourth anniversary, which I know Tom wants, I would rather have a new <laughs> Paul McCartney album. That's just me. Wait a minute. This is the three year anniversary of McCartney three. I didn't, didn't know that. that. That's why uh, this is what? out. <laughs> <Are> you kidding. <laughs> but really and truly a new McCartney right. album is what I want more than anything. But all these other things I would welcome, you know, in a heartbeat. So that, that uh, thumbs up everything as far as uh, our top uh, choices for the past year of releases and what we want next year. And so uh, why don't we go around the corner here and tell folks what we've been up to, starting with Tom. All right. Well, thank you, Ken. Well, uh, we're, you know, trying to wrap up this, this year. I can't believe we're saying wrap up this year. It's uh, been amazing. 
how 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 time flies. But um, we two weeks ago we 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 looked at the uh, the film Magical Mystery Tour with Steve uh, Matteo with his book Act Naturally. That was a, a fun conversation. This past Saturday we had Ken Dashow on and we talked to many of things like you know he told some great Denny Lane stories. Uh, you know, time with the fest and the radio, and and that was just a fun, casual, laid-back conversation we had with him. Um, this coming Saturday, you know, we're looking to record an episode on this whole McCartney three uh, reissue uh, fiasco, which uh, is going to uh, be pretty fun. Um, so that's uh, on their YouTube channel, Two Legs of Paul McCartney podcast. Please go over there and subscribe. Thank you for all the new uh, members. Um, that have come along this 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 year really appreciate all the comments that you're leaving on our on our shows as well. Um, I want to thank everybody um, that has watched Talk More Talk over this last year. I especially want to thank them for their patience um, because you know we did have to take some time off this year, and I want to thank my three co-hosts for for understanding um, you know, and and I'll leave it to that. And um, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys are great. Um, but uh, it's been another fun year in 2024. I'm sure it's going to be even more fun or or we're going to shoot for the moon, right? We're just going to try to make it bigger and better. And uh, zoom. As we, as we ride. Yes, there you go. Right to the moon. <laughs> Every year. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts, uh, everybody, for, for watching this show and um, you know being a part of it. Because, again, this is wouldn't be a show without you guys. Absolutely. Joe? Next. <laughs> I got nothing to say after that. Oh, what can I tell you? I, 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 today I just did a Larry Graves Canadian stud muffin yeah. appearance with Tom. Both of us were on there along with uh, Beetle Tone, the Beetle Tone's Beatles channel. And we did a kind of a Beatles show over there at the Canadian Stud Muffins. And I got my usual uh, craziness on my channel, Mean Mr. Mayo, but uh, nothing I can think of. Unless sometimes Thomas reminds me of something that I missed. And that's it. I, Godzilla you know, review. The Godzilla minus one. Oh, review. that's a movie. Well, the movie channel. <laughs> Tom and I did a Godzilla minus one movie, movie uh, review uh, over on my other channel. Mayo's Offbeat Movies. And other than that, it's business as usual. But I've haven't been as busy as I was with now and then month. Oof, that was insane. Videos every day, you know. But not so much right now. But I hope to see you there. Okay. Get. All right. Well, before I get to my stuff, I just want to echo Tom and and. Uh... Thanking you all for supporting us this year. And uh, we uh, got a lot of new subscribers. And uh, thank you all so much uh, for all of you who, are, who joined us this year. We really appreciate your support. And for all of you who have been with us uh, for, this was our fifth year uh, doing this show. Unbelievable. Um, and uh, thank you so much, those who've been with us since the beginning. And, uh, and so you can find us. Of course, right here on this YouTube channel, please subscribe um, and uh, hit, hit that like button. And uh, also you can find us on um, Twitter, uh, Talk More Talk One, the number one. Uh, you can find us on the web, uh, talkmoretalk.com. Um, you can find us on virtually any uh, podcasting platform you can think of, we're, we're everywhere. Uh, please rate us, uh, review us. Uh, every little bit helps to get us a bit more visible. 
And uh, also, you can email us. Um, you can email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Um, you know, ideas you might have, uh, future topics you'd like us to consider. Uh, you can also, um, uh, let's see, what else is there? You can also uh, find us on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, follow us there, and uh, be notified if you like our page of any new episodes that are coming up. So uh, as far as uh, I go, uh, I was recently on uh, Joe Johnson, a uh, great guy, his uh, Beetle Brunch show, where I talked about uh, the best releases of 2023, gift ideas. Um, and uh, you can find that on Joe Johnson's YouTube channel. And if you are a Beetle Brunch subscriber, you can listen to a version of that anytime you want. Um, and I've got that information on my uh, Facebook page. Uh, I'm not sure if I posted it on um, the Talk More Talk page. I'll, I'll check, but uh, if I haven't, I'll post it there. Um, you can also check out the newest Toppermost of the Poppermost show, uh, where we talk about the U.S. charts in November 1963. Um, and, uh, you know, just before the Beatles are starting to impact the charts really interesting uh, music that we talk about so uh, check us out toppermost of the poppermost.net and also i will be starting another class um in january late january where i'm going to be talking about the british invasion um the second wave which will be about 1967 to about yeah like 75 somewhere around there uh psychedelic years um kind of a hard rock years and prog rock. So um, I will have the information on our page and my page as to how to register. So I hope uh, to see you there. It's been a blast teaching this class and you can give it as a gift as well. So, you know, why not surprise your loved one with a gift of me? <laughs> <laughs> The gift of me. The gift of me. <laughs> no, no, it's a great class. So, <laughs> so that's about it. Well, that's plenty. What busy <laughs> schedules you all have? I'm I'm burning mm -hmm. calories just uh, following it all. You all, but uh, I've got a few things I need to tell the folks about. Um, actually, on my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com, as you know, I have Beatles trivia on there. For um, Denny Lane, uh, as a tribute, it's a Denny Lane trivia question that's on there right now. If you figure it out and you're right in, you might possibly win one of 10 great prizes, like Ken Womack's new book on Mal Evans or the McCartney Legacy. Um, that's a KenMichaelsRadio.com. Um, on my YouTube channel, which is Ken Michaels Radio, I did my first interview in a while <laughs> with Chip Manninger, and he is the author, and he's been here on, on our show as well, of Eight Arms to Hold You, the Solo Beatles Compendium, as well as Strange Days Indeed, which is a John Lennon chronology. Um, and we talked about the unreleased John Lennon songs, most of which were heard on the Lost Lennon Tapes. And um, also some of the songs that have been released posthumously on something like the, the John Lennon anthology box set or the signature box set of John Lennon 
and also something like uh, the song Help Me to Help Myself, which was a bonus track on the reissue of Double Fantasy. Um, so we discuss a lot of these songs and we talk about the ones that uh, we feel really are worthwhile listening to and are complete songs that are close to being complete songs that were a lot of it sounded like it was improvised and you can't make out what some of the words are. Um, sometimes you will find online that you can find some of the lyrics of these songs, especially the ones that did become released. Um, but we just talk at length about that particular period. And actually there's some stuff before um, John left the music business in 75, some of the earlier stuff. Um so we talk about that for a good, uh, I don't know, hour and a half. Um, and you can find that at Ken Michaels Radio. Please subscribe to the channel. Um, on things we said today, we just did a show. Literally minutes before this show. <laughs> <laughs> with three really great guys, Walter Everett. And Walter is a, a musicologist who is a professor at the University of Michigan, and he's written a two-volume series called The Beatles as Musicians. Also, Jack Petrozelli, who's a member of the Fab Faux. He uh, plays a lot of different instruments. Works. He's worked with people like uh, Joan Osborne, Patti Smith, Rufus Wainwright, uh, Ian Hunter, and also Cameron Greider, who is a guitar player, session guitar player. Um, he has produced, arranged, and composed for a lot of different people, one of which is uh, Sean Lennon and uh, Joan Baez, Natalie Merchant, Chris Cornell. And so we're all talking about the White Album and going into detail on a few select things about it, talking about it composition compositionally. I'll get it right. And also, uh, you know, Walter plays uh, the piano and plays the the harpsichord part of Piggies and explains a lot about the song. And uh, the other two guys talk a lot about Blackbird um, as well as Julia. And um, yeah, it's a fascinating conversation and their feelings about the White Album in general and why it was such a fantastic record in so many different ways. Um, so that is on Things We Said Today on our YouTube page. And just like Talk More Talk, we're heard on virtually every audio platform. Please subscribe to Things We Said Today. And then finally, there's my radio program called Every Little Thing. And um, I should say that one of the stations that has carried it is WFDU. That's Fairleigh Dickinson University's station in New Jersey. And for a long time, they were running archives of the show. And then they had to redo their website and for several months there. The archives weren't there. Well, now they're back there. So um, they run the show on Friday afternoons on WFDU. And if you can't catch the show as it's a live broadcast, they post uh, the current show and the previous show. So you have two weeks to listen to each one. And all you got to do is go to their website, which is WFDU.FM. Go to the archives page, type in every little thing so that way you don't have to wait till the radio station plays the show you can listen anytime during the week wfdu.fm happy right. holidays everybody happy new right. year cheers new year. everybody cheers <laughs>
Woo! <laughs>